Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friend, we are going to cover a topic that's very painful, and that is the topic of making bad life decisions. This is a topic I could probably talk on for two or three or four or five weeks straight. Who knows? Uh, just unlimited number of bad decisions we make in life. However, I received an email that made me start thinking about the topic. And it was so interesting of an email because there was so many different points rolled into this one situation that I figured it could be a very good teaching tool. Um took me about four emails back and forth with this gentleman to search out all the information that I thought was necessary to not put a terribly bad spin on what is probably a bad situation for the gentleman. I have not asked the gentleman if I could do this on the radio, although I did. I did say I was going to bring this up and give some answers on the radio, but uh, I, I didn't ask to use his name, so I'm not going to use his name. And if there's anything about location or whatever, I'm going to try to keep that out of there, too. I hope I can catch myself. But the bottom line is, is that most of us in life find ourselves in a situation where we make a bad decision somewhere along the way. Now, some of us are lucky that we very quickly recover and realize it's a bad decision. Some of us, however, though, go on for years making the same mistake. Now, I have many of these. I have a story where I went to work at a company which was a finance company and they had a management trainee program that was supposed to take uh, probably about a five-year training program to where you could move in and learn how to uh, create loans, collect loans, manage the finance office. And they had these videotapes, VCR videotape training classes and books. And I mean a whole room 
was filled with these things. They had gone to quite an extensive trouble to, to put together a library on how to do this stuff to teach people to do it. And uh, so I went into the program. And I don't mind saying who the company is because they ripped me off, so if they want to come after me, they can. But the name of the company was called Blazer Finance. And this training program was you know, designed where you'd come in and you'd earn $600 a month was my salary. I mean, that's less than minimum wage, I believe. And I don't know if it was at the time, but it's ridiculously low amount of money. And I would go in there and I'd work every day and I was bored out of my gourd. It was a terrible job. It was a terribly boring job. Uh, there was very little intellectual skill sets with it. But that's not the story. The story was that I took this training course home with me every night because I'm living in a town. I had just moved here. I was single. I had no money, so I had nothing to do, nowhere to go. And I took this course and studied it. And I had just come out of school, and I was very good at studying and doing school-type stuff. And so I took this course and took all of the uh, exams and passed all the exams in flying colors. And I did five years worth of training in six months. At the end of six months, I went to my manager and I said, okay, I've passed it. I'm now, you know, qualified manager for a finance company. When can I get myself a store? And the guy goes, you're out of your mind. You're like 25 years old. I don't know what it was, but, you know, 22, 23, 24, somewhere in that area. I've just got out of college. And... Um, he said, you're not going to get to be a manager. There's no way. I'm, I'm 64 years old, you know, or I'm 54 years old or whatever he was. He said, you know, it took me 20 years to get to be a manager. And this business, like many other businesses, the guy at the top is some dude that's done it for 10, 20, 50, 10 15, 20 years. Uh, had cigarette burnt fingers from sitting there smoking all day long, couldn't have ran around the block if he had to, just a disgusting human being that was telling me what to do. And quite frankly, the, the guy actually did know more about finance than I would ever know, but the, the bottom line was he was just a curmudgeon. And working for him was terrible. But what was worst of all was that he had created a lie. This company and this guy had created a lie that after six months I could or after I took these courses, I would be eligible to be a manager. But they never had that intention. It was the intention to give you hope. And there's so many jobs out there they call manager trainee jobs that are designed to give you hope. I always tell this joke about when I was a kid and I got, got a job working at the grocery store. And uh, one day I ran home and told my dad, I said, Dad, I've only been working there a couple of weeks and I've already been promoted to vice president. And my dad said, what? He goes, yeah, I've been promoted to vice president of Orange Juice. And my dad goes, that's ridiculous. So what do you mean that's ridiculous? Here's my name tag, Del Wamsley, vice president of Orange Juice. And so the guy, my dad goes, let me show you this. Let me prove this to you. So he calls down the grocery store and says, let me speak to the vice president of Orange Juice. And the lady goes, would that be a fresh, frozen, or concentrate? So the moral of the story was that every single person there was given the title of manager so you didn't have to pay them hourly so they didn't have to pay them overtime and by giving them the the a title they felt like that department that aisle that was their thing that they had to take care of and they would create this you know power of ownership by title but there was no money in it there was no future in it it was just a fake title that was given to you to make you believe you're something. Well, this next story is a parallel 
to that situation. This young gentleman goes to work for a guy. He's a welder. He welds for him for 10 years. At the end of 10 years, the guy that he's working for decides to start his own welding company. And there's nothing worse in this country, in any country, than a guy who was a painter decides to start a painting company, who was a welder decides to start a welding company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because you're taking guys that are very good at what they do. This is a trained skill that's valuable. And then trying to turn them into business people, which they are not and have absolutely no idea how to do it, right? So it, it ends up that they own their own job and they usually destroy their business because they just don't know how to run a business. So this guy, after 10 years, comes to him and says, look, you know, you've been working for me over here at this other company. I want to go start a company. I'd like to bring you and one other guy in and set it up to where we own this company. Now, the way they structured it was that he would put up the money to buy the equipment, which was $750,000, and that was the money to buy the equipment, to set up the LLC or the company, uh, do all the legal work and so forth, and uh, get all the cards made and all the marketing stuff made, and you know, computers, the office, whatever they had to have. He picked that up $750,000, and he took that back as not an investment in the company, but as debt so that he got paid interest on that. Well, that's the first clue right there that is problematic. Um, in fact, I don't even know if that's a case. I, I would have to go back and check that again. But whether he put it in as capital or whether he put it in as debt, the money was there. And in the documents, the partnership documents, it was said that money had to be paid back before anybody got any profit from selling the company. So in other words, the company was immediately burdened with a $750,000 debt back to that owner or that particular partner in the deal. And the problem was is that when you buy and you start a company like this, you buy $750,000 worth of tools and stuff to work with, vehicles, tools, et cetera, et cetera. Those things depreciate. They become worth nothing over a period of time. So that is not really an asset. It's on the balance sheet as an asset, but it's not really a truly an asset and it will depreciate down to no value at all, meaning that at some point, you're now a partner in a company, right, that has $750,000 worth of debt back to this guy, but no assets. So if you were to liquidate the company at any one point, there wouldn't be any assets to go back and pay this guy back. That's the start of the problem. We'll be right back with the rest of the problem. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Retiring America, one person at a time. This is the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Now, more unconventional wisdom from your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio. Today we are covering a email here that came from a gentleman that I've actually been back and forth three or four times with. And the, the whole topic of the show today is making lifetime bad decisions. And in this case, this guy got into this deal that he couldn't get out of. Uh, well, he hasn't got out of, put it that way. He could. He could just walk away, but he hasn't done that. He's elected not. And I'll, I'll talk more about that when we get to the end because this is going somewhere. So uh, we've got this situation where this one guy puts up $750,000 as a welder, start a welding company. Two guys come to work under these working agreements. They have a dual set of agreements. One was an employment contract where they're guaranteed a certain amount of money per hour, and they had to work a number, certain number of hours, blah, blah, blah. And then that work and employment contract was tied to uh, a partnership equity position that if they stayed with the company and fulfilled their work contract, they could obtain for $1 a 24% ownership in the company each, right? And they could then, if they wanted to, three years from now or five years from now, elect to buy the other guy out of another 26%. So if each of them bought out 26 plus 24 they would have 50% of the ownership. The other guy would be gone, and he would be retired. And that was his kind of his how he figured he'd get out of the business and retire. He'd sell his business to these two younger guys. Many, many problems with this scenario. Let's start with the major one. I've got about 200 hours on partnershiping, and uh, there really are the one thing you got to learn right up front in life is anything that has more than one head, it's got to be a serpent. There is no way for people to go into business with each other. It never works, period. You have to have one person that's totally in charge. Now, in this case, you did. You had the guy, the older guy, who had 50% ownership. But if they were to have bought him out, they would have each had 50-50% ownership, and that wouldn't have worked. So even after them spending three or five or ten years working towards this ownership, they would have been in a very, very bad position to be in. But secondly, what they're buying into is nothing. Warren Buffett talks about different types of businesses. And one of the businesses he talks about is the asset business, where you cannot ever become wealthy because you constantly have to replace your working capital and working assets. So he gives an example of like a car dealership because like, okay, we sold a ton of cars, made a lot of money. Where is the money? And the guy points out to the car lot and says, there's my money out there. It's my car lot. Another guy um, 
and did construction. So he had to, or I had a construction equipment leasing company. So he bought all these big tractors and, you know, giant pieces of equipment, right? Construction equipment. He rented them out. He made cash flow profit. But he always had to keep replacing those things, fixing them and or replacing them. So when guys would ask him, well, you make so much money, where's all your profit? And the guy goes, it's sitting out there in the lot. Again, this is the same kind of situation. You've got all this equipment that you're using here, and the equipment is deteriorating. And then you have to replace and repair that equipment. But you have no real assets. You don't have a piece of real estate. You don't have a building. You don't have anything that appreciates in value in this particular business. So you're not really buying a business, per se. You're just buying yourself a job. You already work there. You're just buying the ownership of the company you work for. Now, he said in here that the proper, the company was making uh, whatever it was, like 10% profit or something like that. He said, um, according to calculations, we're averaging 12 15% profit per year. Um and he does not take any of it, just puts it back in the company, meaning that there really isn't any profit. Although on the books it shows there's a profit, there really isn't a profit. And by the time, and again, this guy is only keeping track. He says he keeps track of all the invoices in Excel worksheet. Well, that means he really doesn't know what the, what the, the books are, quite honestly. The Excel spreadsheet doesn't tell the story. It shows you what your sales were, and you might have another sheet for your expenses, but that doesn't have anything to do with your depreciation. So you're depreciating all these assets and losing money from that. So you really aren't making any money at all. So the guy's not taking money out of the company. So you're in a situation where you're working 10, 12 hours a day to try to buy yourself into this company that makes no money. Now, why would you want to buy a company that the owner who owns it now makes no money. That doesn't make any sense because right now that guy owns 100% of the company and he's making no money, all right? Now they go on and they say they ran into a bunch of problems and I'll read this to you. Uh, the partner quit shortly after COVID began in March. One of the problems for me is that we never redrew another contract to exclude the partner and we asked probably six times uh, between then and now to have that done. So before we get to the contract part, let's just talk about partner quitting. Obviously, the other partner figured it out. He hasn't. The other partner did. He figured out the company's not worth spending his time trying to work his way into ownership. Uh, he could see it. He could see the light of day that it's worthless. This guy hasn't yet seen that, or if he has he's found it impossible to admit to himself this business is really a useless business. Okay, he goes on and said, we had cash flow issues in the beginning because most of these companies that we do work for pay us in net 60 to 90 days. We asked to get set up, but for those of you who don't know what that means is, you bill them and they have 60 to 90 days to pay you. This is kind of a, a, a corporate business type um, way of doing business. Uh, I don't do business that way. I've never done business that way. We'll never do business that way. I'll never let people have out de outstanding debt to me. I pay, you pay me, and I do what I do for you. If you don't pay me, I don't do what I do, period. Uh, and I know a lot of companies that way. If you don't pay them, you don't get the work done. And in some stuff, you know, they may make you pay half of it up front or some type of retaining fee, whatever. you got to get the money out of people. You can't wait for the money. 
even if they're paying when it comes 60 to 90 days late, you already you need that money. You've just used up materials to build something for somebody. The materials are gone out of your inventory, and you have no money to replace those materials. It's a terrible way to do business, yet a lot of places do it. Secondly, we asked to get set up on a factoring company to fix this. The owner's office personnel from his other business suggested we do the factoring ourselves and save us 3%. My other partner and myself didn't want to do this, uh, but the owner wanted to. We ended up factoring our own invoices, and when the oil customers would pay, they never paid themselves back, which made it seem like we were double dipping. Uh, He doesn't know what double dipping means here, but what he's saying is, is that, okay, we already owe this guy $750,000, right? Now, this guy is taking and lending us another $150,000, $200,000 in money to do this factoring, and he's not taking it back when the company's paying back. So what? We now owe him a million bucks. We'll take a short break and finish this email on the other side. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about life's bad decisions, and we've got a gentleman here that got into a business contract uh, he thought to buy a company through a labor agreement where he would work his way into the ownership of the company or part of the ownership of the company. And uh, if you've been following along, the company hasn't been doing very well. And uh, we get to the next problem they run into. Another problem is 
a few of his employees from another company ended up losing a contract with a customer for trying to steal hours on a job. And since our owner's name is the principal of the company, we lost it as well. We lost it as well. So let's think about this for a second. That doesn't make any sense. Another company, his name is principal, our name is principal. They were stealing. It was his company. Now, how do you have a company where the guy, first of all, has employees that are stealing. He's not a very good businessman. He's a terrible businessman. You're buying into a company that is not separate from his other company. So what does that mean? What is he doing? Do you think maybe he started two or three or four of these with a bunch of young welders and said, this is your way and this is how he thinks he's outsmarted these kids and got them to work for him the rest of their lives to think they're going to get some ownership of a company that's really worthless? Because he's got these companies all tied together. And you, as you get into business, don't realize that if this guy is signing for everything in multiple companies, that if one company goes down, they won't all go down, Right. Real problem. It goes on and says, it was a $250,000 account that we lost. We also have a staffing problem. They will let us hire and pay competitive wages, but will not let us offer incentives to retain employees such as insurance, 401k, etc. All right, so what does that tell you? That tells you that the guy really isn't in business. He's really just, you know, he's not trying to build a business. This isn't really a business. This is a job. And these are welding jobs. And what he's done is figured out a way to insulate himself from each of these jobs, to set up little teams of people in these little companies and go around and do these jobs, hoping that he doesn't get sued because each one of the jobs are owned by a company that's an LLC and that he isn't the direct owner. So he realizes he's not building anything. And and you got to realize you're trying to latch on to something that isn't really being built. It's just trading time for money. It's a labor-intense situation. It's getting extremely hard to find reliable workers who will stay, and my workload is to the point where I cannot take on any more work. In other words... You can't grow the business. Now, if you can't grow the business, how is the business ever going to be worth anything to sell? goes on, I guess I mainly feel like I feel obligated to pay him his money back, which I'm not. And I feel like there are things that are out of my control that keep this from being a smooth process. Absolutely, everything is out of your control. You don't have 51% control of the deal. You only have the the potential of buying 50%, which means you would never have control even if you did buy your half of it. Half of zero is zero. So you're buying nothing even if you bought the half you could buy. And you'd be paying them for nothing because there are no assets to buy. Uh, The contracts and so forth would probably be lost the second this guy retired because they're saying that all these contracts were stood on his name. And if he leaves, there is no name. So this guy has bought into this idea that he's going to end up owning a company. And I understand that. You're a guy working, you're, you know, you're working away as a welder. You don't understand business. This guy comes to you with an offer and you're thinking, here's my chance to buy my own business over a period of time. 
Now, go back to what he said. They never redrew the partnership agreements where the other guy who could buy 50% was out of the deal. So the truth of the matter is he's doing all of the work missing one of the partners. But he's still doing all the work, even though one of the half of the team is gone. And if he were to buy his half out, he still wouldn't own the other half. And who knows who would end up getting the other half. The guy could sell it to somebody else that he doesn't even like. He goes on and says, the business, according to my calculation, averages 12 to 50% profit per year. And he does not take anything. We just put it back in the company. I say the calculation because the office staff who does our invoicing and billing left invoices out of the books last year. I keep all the invoices on an Excel spreadsheet myself to make sure it's similar to the tax return. When I questioned him, he did not want to answer. Well, guess what? He's committing tax fraud. Now, how are you going to buy a company that has committed tax fraud that might have years and years and years of fraudulent tax returns? Let's make this even worse, right? And then who's going to get blamed for it? Since you're the one operating the company, he's going to simply fay ignorance. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I've got this guy that's running it, and i got office staff, and i got a CPA that does the tax return. I don't have any idea who's doing all this. It goes on and says, we are not related, but I work for, because I asked him if they're related. He says, I do not relate it, but I worked for him as a welder for 10 years. Okay, going on. Mainly, I feel, mainly, I feel in the beginning his intentions were good. But too many wrong things happened, and before he completely lost his entire investment, I wanted to present him with something, the one thing I could get him his money back. And if I help him do that, I could reach my ultimate goal. Uh, Son, you're not going to get him his money back because he's got nothing to sell. Contract labor, like welding, is not ownership of anything. You do a job, you get paid. You don't own the right to do the next job for that company that paid you to do this job. you got to go and do bids every time you go out to do a job. So you have no assets. You may have receivables, but they've been factored, so they're useless because you've already given them away to a factoring company, which in turn is him. He's making all the money, and the only money he's making is the interest on the factoring, which is sucking the money out of your company. This is a very, very bad decision gone wrong from the very beginning it was wrong his thought that i think the guy had the right intention in the beginning is no the guy was a cheapskate he was a ripoff and he was a con artist from the very beginning and he figured out a way to get a bunch of young kids younger than himself to go to work for him for well i don't know if the pay was fair or not the pay might have very well been fair for what they're paying these guys but The promise was wrong. The promise was not real uh, when it comes down to it. Now, these guys actually had written agreements. A lot of times these things are done on a handshake. But these guys actually had written agreements. But the written agreements were worthless because of the way the company was set up. There was really nothing to do. So what's the moral in this story? The moral in this story is I read a book when I was a young kid called How to Live Free in an Unfree World by Dr. Brown. He is uh, the original um, guy that ever ran for president of the United States as a um, libertarian. And his belief is you do not need groups of people to get things done. You do not need the government to get things done. 
everybody out there wants you to do what they want you to do, and they set you up into groups of people that they can control and manipulate so that you can't do what's right for you because you're worried about doing what's right for the group. And he talks about all these traps they get you with, right? And one of the traps he talks about is the investment trap. One of the biggest mistakes people make in life, I see it all the time, is something called the investment trap. The investment trap says, I've already invested six years into my college. It's only two more years to go. And uh, I need to go ahead and finish it because I've already invested six years. Now, I know I wasted those six years. But I've got to do two more just because I should finish things, because I've already invested in that. The investment trap says, okay, I'm married to an absolutely terrible person. My life is completely miserable and it's destroyed. I hate my life. I hate myself. I hate the world. But I can't get a divorce because I'm invested. I'm invested in this relationship, right? Um, His worst example, and I say worst as far as the most painful example, is that of a battered woman. A battered woman is getting snot beat out of her, and when she goes to the doctor, they, she won't prosecute the guy, and when she goes home, the guy says, I'm sorry. He says, I'll never do it again. He takes her back. And the whole time this happens over and over again, she says to herself, look, I've already got my child, my kid, my family, my home. I'm invested here. I can't leave now. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Got a question? Call 855-497-4DELL. That's 855-497-4335. Or email Dell at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about bad lifetime decisions, and um, we're pulling up another email here where a gentleman asked me a question about a business that he was asked to start. He said, I joined LUI recently, and now a realtor buddy wants me to go in with him and his attorney friend on an LLC they started. Okay. Let's first of all, before we go any further with that, say why would a realtor and an attorney want you to go in with them. There's absolutely no reason. The realtor can find the deals and put his real estate commissions back into the deal for money. The attorney can do all the legal work and put his real estate commissions back into the deal for money. He can do all the legal work for free. Why do they need you? The reality, they're going to scam you. I'm telling you what they're going to say right now. We'll make a partnership, and this is that labor distribution thing again, which you never go into a partnership on labor distribution. It just doesn't work. I'll do the legal work for us whenever that comes up. The realtor, I'll find all the deals for us, whatever that's all about. And you, my friend, will put up the money, or you will put up the credit, because maybe neither one of those guys have credit. Or they want to use your credit and tie up your credit because they don't want to tie up their credit. There's absolutely no reason for them to need you to buy real estate, all right? So it's a scam, and you're the idiot. There's a, an old adage that if you point one finger at somebody else, four fingers point or three fingers point back at you. Just take your hand and point with a finger, and you get three fingers pointing back at you. And it basically asks this, is if there's a fool out there, who is the fool? And if you think you're pointing to the fool like that guy's point, he's pretty dumb, he's giving me part of his company, look at the other three fingers. 
the fool's pointing back at you, right? Companies should not be put together by labor distribution. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. I own all my companies. I have one company that I'm in a partnership with. I own the controlling interest of the company, but the company owns assets. And the other guy, actually, I've got two of the parts like this, but the other partners put assets in as their ownership percentage to get into the deal. In other words, they brought the assets we use. I didn't. Okay, I brought the marketing and the management and the skills and so forth uh, that my expertise brings. Um, but in any other situation, you know, these guys could leave me and go start their own companies because they've got the asset set. Okay. I need them and they need me for the marketing side. They could go pay marketing and they could pay somebody to help them manage it and whatever. But then that would be a cost to them. There, there's a synergy there. We both make something out of this, but when it becomes a labor distribution thing, cause see, I'm not working in this these businesses. This is not labor distribution. So you don't want to get into a deal where these guys are trying to piecemeal a bunch of people together to make something work. It's just the wrong way to do it. One guy should have started that company, the realtor, which probably has no money at all because realtors get paid as they go, which means they're mostly broke unless they're selling massively wealthy, expensive real estate out in California or somewhere. Um, the attorney should have money. Unless he's just a ding-dong attorney, which has got really, you know, chasing ambulance, chasing cases and barely makes any money. Uh, they don't need you, right? Now, here's the second part of it. They want to buy vacation homes uh, for self-use and then rent them out to Airbnb. Now, they want you to help them buy vacation homes for them to use as vacation homes. Now... Is somebody dumb as a rock here? Not, not this guy. He did. I don't think he did it because he consulted with me and confided with me. But can you understand how stupid that is? Hi, I want you to help me buy vacation homes that we can go vacation in. It takes three of us to do it. And then we're going to rent them out to Airbnb. The first part of that is just ludicrous. Let's go to the second part. The second part, Airbnb. Um, I just spent about 10 days in Hawaii or so, and I was talking to a guy there, and he said that Hawaii, like many other liberal states, are eliminating Airbnb. They're just they're stopping it. Uh, you can't do it. And there's many reasons they don't want it done. Number one, it takes away from their hotel industry. Number two, you're putting people that nobody knows living inside of residential areas that people consider private. And they're putting people they don't even know in those private areas, which is ridiculous. I would go bonkos if they put somebody in a house right next to my million, multi-million dollar mansion. I wish it only cost a million. But it would drive me crazy. It would drive me literally crazy. And the Airbnb concept is the dumbest concept in the world. So they're getting rid of Airbnbs all over the country right now. They're eliminating it as a way to make money. And it has got a lot of other problems, which I won't go into right now, but I just say this, don't buy the Airbnb. Don't buy a property to be an Airbnb. That's the, the shortest answer I can give you. If you want a longer answer, come to the seminar and I'll explain to you why condos, Airbnbs, and anything else that's not traditional housing is getting killed. Okay, moving on, next one. It says, hope you're doing well. Can we get Dr. Dotsauer to come and talk about interest rates? I uh, haven't heard him in a while. Dotsar has always noted that it's not possible for interest rates to go up. 
The argument was that the U.S. government would not pay its debts at higher rates, could not pay its debts at higher interest rates. They added a ton more debt, meaning more payments, and those much higher payments are now taxed with higher interest rates. How does the government actually pay the debt? And at what point do they scream for their someone to drop the rates? Okay, the reality is, and I'm not an economist, but I've heard Dotsauer say this himself and other times other economists, is that the government doesn't really pay the debt. That is the biggest mistake you believe. And if you, did, if you don't understand that, you just have to go back to the fact that the Democrats raised the debt ceiling, the Republicans raised the debt ceiling. Each of them are spending like drunken sailors because they both know a secret you don't know. The government doesn't pay its debts. Irrelevant. So, my friends, remember this. You do, and you need money to do it. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.